a theme for 2021 is a year of building and rebuilding. And um, on the 31st of December, we, we did an expose to encourage us to prepare for what is ahead of us. And I give you some few reasons why a yearly theme is very necessary because it helps us to run and run well. It gives us a clear sense of purpose and direction. It gives us focus. I told you God is a prophetic God. God believes in numbers. He believes in specific colors. He believes in dates, specific timelines and all that. So God is a prophetic God. Even took years, he prophesied the exact time Jesus was going to be born, where he was going to be born. So God is a prophetic God. And I believe that whatever prophetic word he gives to us, it helps us to run, to pursue him, and to enable us to receive whatever he has made available for us in this year. Praise God. So we did an expose on uh, the word building. I don't want to talk about that because I, I don't know where to start from. I don't know where to, because I have so many things to share with you. But as I'm led, I'm just going to teach you. So we looked at seven areas where God is going to expect us to build. And this is very important. Praise God. Love you, Lord. So, we need to understand that in our work with God, there is a role we play as humans to be able to receive whatever God has planned for us. Even in salvation, though it's a free gift, we still have a role. Our role is to believe. Praise God. So God does nothing without man. It's something you need to understand. So though this year is a year of building and rebuilding, he's going to need you to make that happen. Whilst his ability provides, your responsibility also makes it manifest. It's very important. We said one of the areas where we, God expects us to build and rebuild is our spiritual lives. And in every coming year, you're going to hear me say this so that nobody will be without excuse. And if you still remain carnal after all this teaching, you'll be exposed because everybody's going to find you out. That's how simple it is. Because we keep repeating every time about the necessity of your spiritual health. A believer who is not growing is dying. Anything that is not growing is dying, I'm telling you. A plant that is not growing is dying. A baby that is not growing is dying. You can go and find out. If a baby is not growing, that means there's something going on in the system. 
And soon, what is going on in the system will kill that baby. So a believer who is not growing is dying. When I say dying, don't just look at physical death. Death means a lot of things in the New Testament. Death means to fail in the purposes of God. Anyone that fails in the purposes of God is considered dead. You are dead to God's purposes. So it's also a kind of death in the New Testament. You not being able to function in God's will and purposes for you is also called death. And it's very important. So when a believer fails God's will for his life, he never lived. He will be in heaven, but he never lived. So, there is an agency for every believer to build his spiritual life because it's your foundation for every other life. And please hear me and hear me well. If there is anything to build, it is first your spiritual life. Because though God is concerned about your finances, he is more concerned about your spiritual life. Because having money without a quality relationship with Jesus is meaningless. I've said it over and over that the only thing that counts in eternity is your spiritual investment. No wonder the Bible warns that we should lay up our treasures in heaven. Where moths and rust does not affect or nor even thieves comes to breaking. See, apart from your spiritual investment, nothing is setting in your life. Even your physical life is not setting. I'm telling you. Nothing is setting in your life apart from your spiritual life. Because that money you have in a bank, the bank can close down. That investment you have placed your hope in, that, that investment can collapse. That car you have can crash. That house you have can burn. An earthquake can destroy that house. That phone you have can be stolen. That TV you have can damage. That shoe you have can wear out. That suit you have can be stolen. So, mention anything physical that has any eternal value. Nothing. Everything else apart from your spiritual investment means nothing in heaven. That is how come God expects us to use these same physical things to purchase for us spiritual things or things that are of spiritual value. So if you have strength, your strength means nothing if it's not serving God. If you have intelligence, your intelligence means nothing when it's not serving God. If you are brilliant, your brilliance means nothing except it is serving God. If you are strong, your strength means nothing until your strength is serving God. If you can see, your eyes means nothing until it is serving God. If your heart is still beating, it means nothing until that heart beats to serve God. If you have beauty or handsomeness, that beauty and handsomeness has no purpose than to serve God. 
And if your beauty, your handsomeness, your wealth, your riches, and anything you have is not serving God, I'm telling you, you are building on a wrong foundation. You got to listen to this. You are building on a wrong foundation. Many believers are building on rocks. They are building their lives on rocks, on things that have no eternal value. Or no wonder you find believers who are more loyal to their company than to Jesus. Yet that company can collapse in yesterday. And some have placed their value and strength in their certificate. Which means nothing to God. If that certificate is not serving God. If there is anything to build in this year, it is your spiritual life. And listen to me. Until you take a decision to build your spiritual life, nothing will work. When I say nothing will work, I'm not speaking of your finances. I'm speaking of your spiritual life. Because God will not build what you have not started building. He won't. A farmer may have a great desire to grow crops, but until he places that seed in the soil, the law of nature cannot operate, though it is powerful. So the law of nature is, very, is a very powerful law. But guess what? It is powerless when no seed falls to the ground and dies. It's the same with your spiritual development. It can never happen by you, yet it can happen without you. And it's so crucial. And when we speak of building your spiritual life, you are speaking of three main elements in your life. Your prayer life, your Bible study life, and your spiritual exercise life. Speaking of fasting, evangelism, serving in the church, joy, and all these things, they are part of spiritual disciplines. And these are the, the things that builds our spiritual life because I told you there are three essentials of growth. Number one, we grow by eating. Number two, we grow by breathing. Number three, we grow by exercise. These are three essentials. You can never go outside them. No baby can grow without eating. No baby can grow without breathing. And no child can grow without exercise. And it's not that the baby has a choice of choosing to breathe and not uh, eat. They are essentials. You cannot choose one and leave the other. You cannot choose to breathe and not eat. You cannot choose to eat and not breathe. You cannot choose to breathe and eat without exercising. And there are three essentials because they are the only three elements that contribute to growth and development. The Bible calls the word of God meat. It calls it bread. It calls it milk. It calls it wine. So that means the word of God is, is to abide inside you. You are to feed your spirit, man. And the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. We don't cease to breathe. And the Bible says pray without ceasing. That means the believer's prayer life is his breathing. Without a prayer life, you are not breathing. So if you have not been praying for the past five months, or if you don't have a prayer life for the, the, the past five months, it means you have been suffocating and choking for the, the past five months. Praise God. And it's so essential for the believer to know that his prayer life is the engine room of his Christian life. 
It is prayer that fuels your desire to study the word of God. It is prayer that fuels your desire to serve God. So if there's a problem of your service in God, it is because you are failed on your, in your, closer, your prayer closet. The joy of your life is sustained by your prayer life. A believer who is constantly depressed has lost his prayer life. That is the secret. Your prayer life is the fuel of your Christian growth. And you cannot underestimate your prayer life. And please hear me and hear me well. Without a consistent prayer life, your Christian life will be waning and fading. A believer who is not praying is playing. And a church that is not praying is straying. And it's so important. Please, I want to beg you. Develop a prayer life. Because it is in your prayer life that you are able to talk to God. What is prayer? Communicating to God. How do you start your day without God? When we are mere mortals. Who don't know what happens before the day ends. You haven't heard a man who just went out and waved all his family members and told them, I will be back like an old Schwarzenegger but never returned. I'll be back, but this man never returned. We are mere mortals. We don't know the future. You don't even know one minute ahead of you. Can you imagine? A stone can just fall on all of us in the next one minute. We don't know. So, how do you begin your day not knowing the future without seeking the God who knows the future? You see, how we've lied to ourselves. When you don't pray, you are saying you trust in yourself. That means you are saying you are the only wise God. When you don't pray, you are saying that I trust in my resources. You know, haven't you realized that in economies where they are more wealthy, those countries have lost God. Go and check out. All the economies that are on top when it comes to financial stability have all lost God. You can go and check. You know why? Because money, pleasure, and comfort robs you of a lot of things if you don't take it. So all these countries where there is money, go and check it. Nobody's in church. Because now people have learned to trust their cars. They've learned to trust in their wealth. They've learned to trust in their businesses. They've learned to trust in their investment. They've learned to trust in the stock exchange market. But a man who knows there's no food to eat only depends on God to survive. No wonder when you start experiencing more financial doors, you need to be very careful because it, it, can, it can harm you. There are some testimonies when you are celebrating, celebrate with care. Because it can be the testimony that will break your backbone of your Christian life. Prayer is so crucial in every believer's life. And listen to me. You don't have to be a prayer warrior to pray. You don't have to be a pastor to pray. You, you have to be a believer who knows you only depend on prayer to survive, to pray. You don't know this. Some of our grandmothers 
It is their prayer that has sustained us. Some of our grandfathers, they never held a mic to preach, but their prayer sustained us. You don't have to be a powerful preacher to pray. You just have to be a believer who trusts that you are nothing without God. Then you pray. And, and I, I want to share with you that prayerlessness is pride. It is the highest level of pride a man can be in. Because for a man who trusts himself and not in God, is a proud man. And the Bible says God resists the proud. No wonder men who pray make impact. You know why? Because God gives more grace to the humble. And it's only in prayer, falling on our knees, that we realize that we are nothing without God. I read quotes from great men of God who had a consistent prayer life. And I read it and I'm like, how, how will the Christian life change when people come to realize that prayer is their sustenance? The secret of the early church was prayer. I was trying to read the book of Acts and I was shocked. Right from Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4, you find the word prayer there. The secret of the early church was prayer. Not even first in their preaching. Their success, the success of their preaching was in their prayer. You can look at that. Acts chapter 1, you're going to find it. While they were waiting to be endued with power by the Holy Ghost, they were praying. Acts chapter 1, I'm going to read it quickly with the verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. With who? The women. And Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brethren. I don't know what the Bible says, and the women. He's telling us that this generation, the women who don't like praying, he said women. Because a lot of ladies think that prayer makes you sweat. And sweating takes away your makeup. And for me to save my makeup, let me save my prayer. So he says, and the woman. Acts chapter 1. That's how the early church began. Prayer. Whilst they were waiting to be endured. They didn't say, oh, there's no power. We are just waiting to be endured. So when the Holy Ghost wants to come, then he comes. They prayed. Look at Acts chapter 2. The verse 42. And they continued steadfastly. So this was their life. In the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. That's Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 3, the verse 1. You're going to see the third one. Now Peter and John went up into the temple at the hour of prayer. So they even had prayer time. Acts chapter 4. The verse 31. Look. And when they had prayed. Listen carefully. Some things will not happen except men pray. Did you hear that? Please, don't let this pass the back of your ears. Some things will not happen except men pray. Listen, this is not, I, I possess my possession in the name of Jesus. It is mine. I receive it. Five minutes, you are done. You won't possess that possession. I'm telling you. 
Look. And when they had prayed, the place was... So, would the place have shaken if they, they did not pray? See, some things cannot shake until you pray. And when they had prayed, the place where they were was what? Shaking. That means some things can shake until men pray. Listen, this is how the early church began. That means this is the template of a true church. We look at the history of the early church to pattern every church. So a church that does not pray is a decorated event center. Listen, if you go to a lecture hall, everything here is there. AC is there. Pulpit is there. Now they have keyboard and drums to entertain people. The only difference between a lecture hall and a, and a church hall is prayer. I'm helping someone here. He says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaking when they were assembled together. And look at the second thing that happened. And they were all what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. And they speak the word of God with boldness. So if you have a boldness problem, it means you have a prayer life problem. You see why we call for evangelism, you are running away. Because you've not stood before God, so you can't stand before men. Because a man who always stands before God can stand any man. You are going to preach the gospel, you see a man with beard, and you're like, good afternoon, sir. Yeah, good afternoon. Nice dress. No boldness. Do you know Paul was four inches tall? Paul was four inches tall. You can, if you read the Bible, there was a place they placed him in a basket and they dropped him down. If a man can enter into a basket, how many inches tall is he? If you study church history, Paul was four inches. How can a four inch man turn the whole world around? Prayer. They speak the word of God with boldness. Look what happened. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that of the things which he had possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. If you study this thing carefully, you're going to see seven impacts on prayer on man. I just read them to you. Seven impacts of prayer on a man. That means this is what happens to you when you pray. Or this is what happens to a church when a church prays. Look at what happened. When they prayed, what the place was shaking. That means prayer shakes things. That's the first impact of prayer. You cannot shake things with crying. We shake things with prayer. Number two, the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That, and, and the Bible says, and they speak the word of God with boldness. So look at the first, second one. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. That means they have supernatural impact. Number three, they speak the word of God with boldness. Third impact, supernatural courage. That's what prayer does for you. 
Look at the fourth one. And the multitude of them that believe were of one heart, supernatural unity. So prayer brings unity in the lives of people. Look at the fourth one. The Bible says, no, look at the fifth one, sorry. He says, but they all had all things in common. Why? Because they were generous. Supernatural generosity. You cannot have a prayer life and be stingy. Because it is in prayer God beddings you to help people. So supernatural generosity is the fit impact of prayer in the man's life. When I see your stinginess, I, I, your stinginess, I know your prayer life. Look at number six. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection. Supernatural anointing. And look at the third one. And great grace was upon them all. Supernatural favor and influence. These are the severe impacts of prayer on a man. In other words, when you begin to build a consistent prayer life, these seven things will happen to you. These seven things will happen to you. You shake things. Wherever you go, you shake things. You become a shaker. I didn't see a talker because there are many talkers, few shakers. Tell somebody, build your prayer life now. There are some of you, your prayer, life, your prayer altars are broken into pieces. you got to rebuild it. Look what happened again. Uh, we see Acts chapter 5. Uh, look at Acts chapter 6. The next one. The verse 4. So the book of Acts, we saw prayer throughout. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Which one came first? Prayer. You cannot have an effective Bible study without prayer. I understand the word of God even the more after I'm pr I've, I've prayed. We will give ourselves. So that means you must give yourself to prayer. Give yourself to it. So you see, God does not lure you into prayer. Neither does he force you into prayer. You give yourself to prayer. I'm teaching good here. Tell someone, give yourself to prayer. Give yourself to prayer. Hallelujah. Look at the next one. Acts chapter 6, the verse 6. Whom they sent before the apostles when they had prayed and laid hands on them. So before they sent any man, they prayed. We are seeing prayer throughout. Please, are you seeing this? Look at Acts chapter 7, the verse 60. Come to 59 first. 59 and 60. This is Stephen. Even while Stephen was preparing to die, he was praying. He was doing intercession. Look, he says, And the stone Stephen calling upon God, saying, Lord, then he called upon God, saying, Lord, receive my spirit. And he knelt down. So the guy was about to pray. And cried with a loud voice, Lord, Lay not this sin to their charge. And when he has said this, he fell asleep. A man died on his knees. 
in the book of Acts. Am I touching somebody? Acts chapter 9, the verse 11. The apostle Paul began his ministry with fasting and prayer. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called straight, speaking to Ananias, and inquire in the house for once, one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayed. So apostle Paul began his ministry with prayer. The apostle of grace. You say you know grace without prayer. For he prayed. He began his ministry with prayer. Look at Acts chapter 9, the verse, 30, the verse 34. Another prayer there. I'm, I'm letting you know how the early church began. And Peter said unto him, Anias, Jesus Christ, make thee whole. That was a prayer. It was a prayer of healing, which is a prayer of faith. Praise God. Acts chapter 10, verse 9. And on the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew near unto the city, Peter went upon the housetop to pray about the seat. Ah. So Peter himself had a prayer life. For the Bible to state seat, ah, that means he had a time to pray. You, you use one hour in your office break for eating. In eatings, often. How do you use one hour to eat? What are you eating? When you finish, you go and accompany your friends to also go and eat and you are sitting beside them. Is the food nice? So it's okay. Tomorrow, come and try it and see. You're, you're wasting time. Chelsea, Manchester United. Players who don't pay you. Since when did they become your concern? See, you can use 10 minutes to eat and 50 minutes go to the loo or find some secret place in, the, in that place and pray. Am I helping someone at all? Acts chapter 12. James was arrested and killed. And Herod realized that the people were happy that a saint has been killed. And they went to arrest Peter too. The church was thinking that Jesus will appear and supernaturally take James because these were the 12 pillars of the gospel. They said, ah, James has been arrested. Now, do you know who James is? Do you know who James is? He was part of the 12 disciples. So, so don't worry. He'll be out very soon. Before they were like, Fwing, he's gone. And they took Peter. And they said, hey, James is gone. We thought God would deliver him. And they've taken Peter. He said, no, we won't wait for that. We will, we will have to engage heaven for his deliverance. And look at Acts chapter 12, the verse 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but, you see, that is the thing, but. But, Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. You see, that's the problem. Many of you Christians have, you don't enjoy your prayer life again because you think God doesn't answer prayer. You know why? Because you're expecting God to answer your prayer after praying for uh, three days. He said, prayer is not real and you stopped. He said, praying without 
season. You see, now we, we want to bring the world in a relationship with God. Now you can get everything done. Now they are designing cars that can drive on its own. So you just be sitting down. And the car will be passing through the roots for you. Now your phone can be a remote. You don't have to get up again. Now you can connect your whole house on one device. So it will put on the light for you. It will open the door for you to go out. It will open your car garage for you. Technology. So we want to make God part of the technology investment or invention. We want to add God to it. So when we come to God, God, change my marriage. Free! All of a sudden, by the time you turn your face, there's a beautiful woman standing beside you with a nice Coca-Cola shape. Thank you, Lord. I know I can count on you. Lord, change my job. Quick, be free in Jesus' name. So Jesus is the pin code. In Jesus' name, free. You turn your back. Phone call. Hello, are you Mr. Papo? Yes, I'm Mr. Papo. Uh, your CV was sent to us by Angel Michael. And, <laughs> and we want to, we don't, you don't need an interview. Angel Michael has done the interview for you. So just wear your suit and start working tomorrow. That is how we want God to be. They are like, God, you're a good God. So today, traveling in prayer is not a bedding. So nobody wants to travel in prayer. You started praying for the business. After one month, you stopped praying because you said, it's not working. One month. You think God works according to your timing? See, sometimes the pride of your prayer can bring on answered prayer. The pride. God, so can't you see my suffering? Lord, why? Why? That's pride. You want God to do things in your timing. Lord, if you are even around. If you are even around. Lord, I'm giving you the next one week. If you don't change my story, I'll backslide. 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 So, and you see, this thing I'm saying is going to help somebody. What is the motive of your prayer life? What's the motive? Lord, give me a new job. Why? Because my friends are prospering. Foolishness. That prayer is not prayer. It is envy being voiced through prayer. No, you see, let me teach you this. Maybe this is just by the way. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. All right, let's read from the verse 1. Look, he says, From whence comes wars and fightings amongst you? Come then not hands, even of your last, that war in your members. Look at the verse 2. Ye last, and ye have not. Ye kill and desire to have, and obtain and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not. Because what? You ask not. And look, ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own last. 
You see why many prayers have not been answered? Because you are selfish. Listen, the Christian life hangs on sacrifice, right from its foundation. The salvation you have was because someone sacrificed his life for you. So the Christianity be- hangs on the foundation of sacrifice. So the Christian life in itself is a life of sacrifice. You see, selfishness does not exist in the kingdom of heaven. So if you are a believer and selfishness is part of your life, trust me, you won't enjoy your Christian life. So if selfishness is included in your prayer, you will not enjoy your Christian life. I think I'll give another scripture. First John chapter... Um, all right, the verse, uh, chapter 3, the verse 22. Look, he says, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. So whilst you are praying about that marriage, leave that married man. Okay, then the whole chat goes silent. You know, let me explain this equation to you. When you want to receive something, you receive it what? Your hands. Good. If you are saying, God, give me this marriage. God, give me this marriage. You are holding to someone's husband. God, give me this marriage. Where does he put it? Lord, give me this new job. You, you already have your plans. And your plans have become like this. You have your links. You already have your links. You are putting your course through. And God, you want God to push it. It's not that you are trusting God for it. So you, you already have something in your hands. So how does God release it on your hands? Have you forgotten when the Bible says, cast all your curse and burdens unto him for he cares for you. There are some of you who are praying and your prayer is prayer of unbelief. We were told to pray so you were praying. But there is unbelief in your heart because you have so many cares and burdens on your heart. You don't trust your prayer again. You are praying loudly and everybody is hearing you speaking in tongues. And people are even saying that, ah, I wish I was praying like this girl. But inwardly, something is... You have some pain in your heart about God and somebody. He says that we will receive when we ask, when we do the things that please him. Please, are you getting this thing? So, it's very important in your prayer life. Let's go back to what we're teaching on prayer. So, they arrested Peter and the Bible says the church prayed without ceasing. And guess what? Peter was delivered. When the church prayed. I read some quotes by some great men of God. Some a thousand years ago. Some 500 years ago. And I'm like. What is happening to this generation? Everybody seems to be busy. Everybody is busy. I don't have time. When I make time. I will do it. Listen. Listen. What touches God is the fact that you don't have time, yet you make time. That is when it is a sacrifice. Are you seeing this thing? So, God, you see, God is happy 
when you make the time to do it. But what if there's no time? Do you think right now the stage you've got in your life, you ever get, get time? You think you ever get time? So you are working and you are saying, God, when I get time, do you know the time you want when you're unemployed? That's the time you're looking for. Because I don't think any of you want to be unemployed. So if you are working and you say you don't have time, then you are saying that you want to make time through unemployment and God may answer that prayer. So that you become unemployed, then you can have time. I'm teaching good. Tell somebody, pray, pray, pray in this year. Build a prayer life. And please, as you hear this, don't just go and start with five hours prayer. I've always been saying this. Lord, I'm touched by the man of God. I'm going for a 30 days fast. You may not return. Then you start. You may be successful in the five hour prayer. But how long can you sustain it? Are you getting where I'm coming from? How long can you sustain it? You see, how do we learn how to pray? Some of you said, I don't know how to pray, man of God, so how do I pray? I'm telling you the truth. We learn to pray by praying. There were so many things I did not know about prayer. You may think I was, I'm an excellent preacher, but there were some things I didn't know about prayer. It was when I was praying that I was being educated in that prayer. There were some prayers I did not pray them right, but as I consistently kept my prayer closet, I was now learning to pray. Now God was placing my desires on certain books on prayer to go and read. And as I read, I had new knowledge. In prayer, the Holy Ghost lays some people on my heart. Whilst I was praying, I learned intercession. So we only learn how to pray by praying. So you not knowing about prayer is not even an excuse. Prayer means talking to God. You know, most of you don't know that you can chat with God. You don't know. There are some time in the aspect of my prayer, I chat with him. I sit down, quiet with my eyes closed. I said, God, today, the day was not that good. I was angry at this point. I don't know what happened, Lord. But I need your help. I need your guidance. Please keep me humble. It's, it's, a, it's a convo. It's fellowship. It's prayer. See, can you boldly get to God and say, God, I masturbated. I don't know what happened, but I did it. Can you talk to God like that? You can be so real to God, so real. The Lord, to be frank with you, the lady was beautiful. And Lord, I almost forgot my wedding ring. I'm sorry, Lord. I don't know what happened. I need your help. Real. Be real to God. I'm telling you. See, God loves prayer like that. Sometimes, most, most of the kata kata koto koto, you don't mean it. Sometimes relax. And just be real to him. That's how you can build your prayer life. Sometimes you finish praying, you may not hear an audible voice, but there's a peace that, that came upon your heart. That's the answer to the prayer. It's that peace. Be so real to God. Listen, even if you don't like the, the, the experience of a Christian life, tell him, Lord, it's been two weeks I've not prayed. I don't know what is happening to me. I've listened to all the teachings of prayer, but all of a sudden, when it is 4 a.m., I feel lazy and I feel sleepy. Oh, Lord, I'm disgracing myself. It's not fair. It's prayer. But don't remain there. Because 
Prayer is more fulfilling to the heart of God when it starts directing itself to others. You have needs, yet you are praying for others. That's intercession. It's a ministry. So listen, if you cannot hold the mic, you can hold the mic before God through intercession. Intercession is a ministry, I'm telling you. That means the most useless believer still has a ministry. You didn't understand that. So a believer says, I have nothing to do. Who said you have nothing to do? Prayer is a ministry. So go start listing 100 people you pray for them every day. And that's how that ministry is best. And out of that intercession, before you realize your pastoral life is just opening up. You guys got to pray. Please don't just listen to me and just watch me smiling and not pray. Please. Please have a prayer life. If you realize that it's difficult to pray alone, start by praying with a group of two people. Group of how many people? Two people. Start praying. Tell them, can you help me to pray at least one hour a day? Eat from 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. I'll be very excited. See, sometimes when you've been close from work, you know when you get home, the family members there are so many. There are some of you who have uh, 25 family members in one house. You can't even watch the TV station you want to watch. So be wise enough to know that that house is not the best place. So what do you do? You close from work. You don't go home yet. You go to a field, a park, and go and pray. There was a time I wanted to pray, but my son was at home at that time. It was a holiday. And I knew this guy would not make me pray. So I called Pastor Moses. Pastor Moses, can we meet at the park and go and pray? There's a park at Liberty Park or something. We went there. That was just last week. So we were there for three hours. We finished praying. We came back. You want to pray in air condition? Is it believers love comfort? Comfort. If you pray in air condition, you will sleep. Go and find a park where some mosquitoes will afflict you. And in that affliction, you can build a prayer life. Ah, you didn't get this thing. In that affliction, you learn how to pray. You learn how to tarry. So you are praying, you feel sleepy, and one mosquito wakes you up. It's like, you are sleeping now. Hey, Masa. Sorry. They just wake up. And the mosquito has fulfilled his ministry. <laughs> And you keep going, Rabba, Takabaya, Ramakataba, Ramakata, Yebatabanda. One man of God said, when he wakes up at dawn to pray and he realizes he's feeling sleepy, he just takes one peanut and places it into his mouth. He chews it. All of a sudden, it's gone. I'm not saying no try because some of you, your one peanut can be 25 peanuts. And that's <laughs> breakfast. So you don't use the peanut one because some Ghanaians can be very powerful. You hear peanut before you realize why you're so keen. <laughs> Or the soakings bear watch night. Watch all. You can just put a brownie cut here in your mouth. Before you realize, by the time you, you know when you start eating, because of the excitement of your flesh, your flesh is up now. So you just put some two things in your mouth. Then the, the flesh says, food, food. Then you keep awake, you pray. There was a new strategy I developed. When I feel sleeping prayer, I kneel down and I walk on my knees and I'm praying. So I walk on my knees. 
Ramakapa, Yamakapa, Ramakapa, and I'm going. So the pain in my knees keeps me awake. There are some of you, you walk on your knees and sleep on your knees. <laughs> so look for what works for you. But if you walk on your knees and sleep on your knees, the grace on you is unusual. I'm telling you. Sometimes you have to go and bath. Sometimes wash your face with cold water. Sometimes paste. Do everything possible to pray. Listen, see. God blesses even the effort rather than the disobedience. So, in the attempt that you wanted to pray at 5 a.m., see, when you start to do something for the first time, there will be challenges. It takes consistency to break off that challenge. So, if you want to build a prayer life, don't expect that in one day you succeed. No, you will fail a lot of times. I have failed several times, and by the grace of God, I'm still failing. But I trust God every time. Because there are some times I kneel down. By the time I close my eyes, by the time I open my eyes, I felt I was in heaven, but I realized that it's daytime. <laughs> so it will happen to you sometimes. So don't feel you are failed. Sometimes some spiritual people don't tell us the truth. They make us feel that they are, you know. <laughs> so they intimidate a lot of people. Listen, just be real with God. But make sure you have a prayer life. Tell somebody, have a prayer life. I read these people. Look at what one says. He says, prayer means to stay with God until you are like him. He says, prayer makes a godly man and puts him in the mind of Christ, the mind of humility and service. If we really pray, we'll become more like Christ. It's true. I've seen it. Some of you think that you can plan your day without prayer. It is when I pray that my day is well planned. I'm telling you. There are things I've forgotten in prayer. The Holy Ghost has to remind me. So the best reminder is prayer. I'm telling you. So sometimes I'll be praying and I have to go and write things. I plan doing something five weeks and I forgot. Once I began to speak in tongues, then it comes and I write it down. You receive clarity in prayer. You receive a sense of purpose in prayer. You receive a sense of direction in prayer. You have peace in prayer. It is in prayer you regain strength to work for God. I'm telling you. Look, he says, church will never be holy for God unless the pews are filled with praying men. He says, prayer is business, both in time and eternity, transacting for the souls of men and the things of life. One says, if you're a preacher who doesn't pray, you are to be pitied. And not only you, but the people also who you preach to. And the day cometh when you and them will be ashamed and confounded. Look at one. He says, a prayerless preacher has missed his calling and has failed the God who called him into ministry. Look at another one. He says, our ability to talk to God is measured by our ability to talk. No, our ability to talk to men is measured by our ability to talk to God for men. He who plows not in the closet will never reap in the pulpit. Strike him. Listen. This one is heart, this is heart transforming. He says, Jesus learned two traits. The trait of a carpenter and the trait of praying. Every preacher must become like his master in the trait of praying. 
He who has learned well the trade of praying masters well in the secret of the Christian art and becomes a skilled workman in the master's workshop. It's crazy, man. He says, prepare your sermons on your knees. A pulpit without a closet will always be a barren thing. Blessed is the man whose pulpit and closet are hard by each other and who goes from one to the other. Martin Luther said, I have so much work to do that I cannot get along without giving three hours daily of my best time to prayer. One says, it takes meditation and prayer to make a divine. He who has prayed well has studied well. John Fletcher says, he prayed constantly several hours for years unto stains of his mouth, stain his whole room. You know what he said? He said, short prayers make shallow lives. Those who like praying for two minutes. Lord, thank you for the day. Keep me today. You know you are the most high. We thank you, Father, for a great day. Bless me in Jesus' name. Amen. Shallow. Because that prayer is about you. Everything is about you. It's all about you. John Welch says he considered his day poorly spent if he has not spent seven or more hours in prayer. So if he has not prayed for seven hours, if you ask him how was your day, bad day. I'm not saying, I'm not saying pray for seven hours, but I'm encouraging you. Because these people did not start with seven hours. They built it up. That's how come it's a year of building and rebuilding. So if you destroyed it, rebuild it again. Praise God. Look, one says we are so little like the Lord in expression because we are so little like him in prayer. You don't behave like Jesus because you don't pray like Jesus. Real praying takes more out of a person than anything else. Many of you don't know that prayer is trade. It is business. You are trading with God. That is, it's a partnership. So prayer takes something out of you. You will sweat in prayer. That is why more prayers is actually practice Because it is in prayer you truly exercise. Whilst you are shouting, Bara, Barata, in the name of Jesus, you are sweating. So you are exercising and praying. We call it practice So if you are a Christian, you don't know how to exercise. Practice so you'll be moving actively in the course of the day. In the, uh, at dawn, when you wake up, you'll be moving. So sometimes I have to trot in my house. Listen, Satan is afraid when you pray. That is how come he will do everything possible for you not to pray. Because Satan knows that anytime you pray, you go fetch strength to deal with him. He knows. Because your strength is in prayer. Your joy is in prayer. Your victory is in prayer. So the devil will do anything to stop you from praying. Tell somebody, the devil will do anything to stop you from praying. So pray. And if you realize that your prayer life is not powering, add fasting. Add fasting. Add what? Add what? Add what? Fastings. And you see, don't look at me as if, oh, this thing they are talking about, the fasting is for 
spiritual men is for the, the pastor who is preaching. Can I talk to you? Jesus never performed a single miracle after 40 days fasting. Think about it. So Jesus considered his ministry invalid until he fasted and prayed. You started a business and you just thought that it is your contact list that will make you rich. You're on your own. I've now come to understand why the devil will keep us from fasting. Because he fears it. A believer who combines prayer with fasting has opened up a portal of atomic power. And I'm telling you, when it releases, he becomes dangerous. I'm telling you. I was reading one book, Touch the World Through Prayer. And it was said of Martin Luther that he was criticized of too much fasting. He was criticized of too much fasting. And you see, the reason why many Christians don't love to fast is because they think that it makes you slim down. Well, it's the dimension you want to go. But every believer can fast. At least from 6 to 2. Twice every week. Your life will never be the same. Any believer who eats three times a day is not serious. In the morning, you, you, you eat um, cocoa and tobe. You eat that at 8 a.m. 12 p.m. You eat bankum and tilapia and pepper. 11 p.m., you eat indomie and you add coke to it to quench your thirst. 6 a.m., you are planning to eat. Whilst you are eating a cocoa and tobe, you are thinking of lunch. You see what is happening to you? So, your life is food. Food, so nothing spiritual is staying. <laughs> if you realize your spirituality has come down, start fasting. It will revive it. It will what? Revive it. Many don't know. Fasting means to shut the mouth. You cannot be a successful believer who always eats. And I'm telling you, if you keep eating, eating like that, by the age 40, you are sick. Because all the foods that we, we, we eat today, full of fertilizer, and they destroy the body. They destroy the body. All the cancers we see today is food. Especially junk food. KFC, beggar. Is it your beggar is your favorite? Then the ham, ashamu, ram, drinking coke, you are done. Pizza. Pizza, you buy pizza, 75 Ghana cities, and tell the waitress to keep the change, and you give five cities offering. <laughs> oh, some people are watching me because they know what I'm saying is true. It's very shocking, though. There are some of you who can buy lunch for your friends, 35 cities food, buy for five friends. When you come to church, you don't give good offerings, it's an attitude. Anyway, that's just by the way. Learn how to fast. At least six to two fasting twice a week won't kill you. Every month, at least try to fast from six to six, twice or three times. 
you'll be shocked what will happen to your life. And just fast and drink water. The reason why many of you don't want to fast is because you have not been taught well. We have done four teachings on it. Just go to a podcast and listen to it and just start to fast. U.S. entered into famine years ago under one president. Years ago. And the president called a national fast. In three days, the famine ended. A nation called out for a fast. And, and it was, you see, let me tell you the foundation of America. Today, the reason why America is the most powerful nation in the whole world is not because they have more weapons. Because other countries have more weapons. China is even richer. But guess what? Everybody acknowledges U.S. as the most powerful nation. Go and study the, the history of U.S. It was founded on prayer and fasting. Presidents that came those days called out for fasting. And today, their generation is still enjoying from them. And many of you don't know this. If you're a believer who fasts constantly, certain things will change your life, I'm telling you. You won't fall sick by heart. Today, you find people 35 years having cancer. Years ago, it was not like that. The food you eat is killing you. And you don't know. The oil inside you just keep compounding. You eat late in the evening and we keep talking to you. You will not listen. You keep eating the indomie. You eat the pork. You eat the uh, 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 tolo beef. Then you'll be eating tolo beef jollof. That's your favorite tolo beef jollof. You'll be eating, eating, putting more oil, putting more pressure on the body. By the time you turn 40, your strength is gone. You won't fast. You won't pray. Let me tell you something. There are foods you eat that changes your mood. You don't know. There are, some of you, there are some particular food that is making you angry every time. I'm telling you. Learn to give yourself to fasting. I've told you, doctors are begging. They said everybody should fast at least once a week to maintain their health. Because people are dying too much. The food we eat Young man, you started getting thousand five salary every evening. Oil, 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 oil. Then you sanctify it with the blood. You die in the blood. <laughs> you die in the blood. Give yourself to fasting. Tell somebody fast. Tell somebody fast. Ask somebody, will you fast? Fasting won't kill you. We are about to start a 40, 40 days fast. It won't kill you. If we see that you have slim from next two weeks, we are okay because we know that we are fasting. So don't say, oh, I'm shy. When they see my body type, that my body type has reduced because because What is your current weight doing for you now? No, you know what convinces me? Listen, you can't keep doing the same thing each year and expect different results. It's simple. So if for three years you are expecting things to happen, it's not happening, change the things you are doing. Change your spiritual foundation. For the first time, decide I'm going to fast 40 days, six to two every single day. I'll do it for 40 days. Now, all this information, I'm giving it to the people who don't have the capacity. But as the ministers are watching me, if anybody fasts from 6 to 2, that person has a lot of questions to answer. <laughs> Including the instrumentalists. 
The way I reach him on inside, I can see. And after the 40 days fast, if I see him the same, I'll suck him from here. <laughs> see, listen to me. In this year, the testimonies that are going to be in the LGCC. No eyes I've seen. You are not happy. Some people are sitting now as if they don't like it. Those who are shouting and clapping, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Listen. Strange testimonies are going to flow. I'm telling you. Because we are going to pull them from the spirit. Who pull them? Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If there's something you're supposed to do and the thing you want to do is bigger than you, fast. A man says something. If you fast for 40 days, eh, you have actually brought 40 years into time. That statement really... See, that's how miracles happen. The thing that was supposed to happen to you when you were age 40, in fasting, you bring it into time. You draw it nearer. You didn't get this thing. You know, some of you are satisfied with the 500 Ghana cities I give you. That's why you don't want to fast. Because, oh yeah, 500 Ghana. Out of baggy jeans, that was shame we say now. Do you energy? 500 Ghana. Because you have not seen it before. Your entire family has not seen 500. So you thought you are the giant of the family, bros. 500 Ghana series is someone's uh, dog's uh, budget for the day. I'm telling you. Press in for, for more. This year in your prayer, don't pray selfish prayers. I'm telling you the secret to having powerful results in prayer. Why do you want increments in salary? God, I want to start to help people in LGCC. I want you to change my salary from 500 to 2,000 and go see what I'll do for you. You'll be surprised. Something will happen. Something will just happen. I'm telling you. Something will just happen. Don't be a selfish believer in this year. We are going to pay a price other people are not willing to pay. And we'll receive what other people will not be able to receive. Tell somebody fast. fast. So I've told you there are three kinds of fast. We have absolute fast. Absolute fast is... No water, no food. That one, you cannot cross three days. Those days were taught wrongly. We went to do seven days uh, dry and fasting without water. We almost died. <laughs> the only dry fast you can do shouldn't exceed three days. It is unhealthy for you. Because there is so much poison that needs to go out and there is nothing cleansing it. It will kill you. So every fasting must be on water. If you are doing fasting from 6 to 3, drink more water. In fact, drink 8 glasses of water. You'll be shocked. Your urine will turn yellow. And all these things are poisons that have been stored up in your body. Some of you don't know the poisons inside you. Fasting will bring it out. It will bring it out. There was a lady, uh, a man of God shared a testimony. She was having excruciating pain in her menses. And the man of God says, give yourself to fasting. Put yourself on water every single time from 6 to 6. In three days, it left. You know why? Because anything that is related to blood, that can bring you disease. That is what fasting deals with. Because fasting deals with issues in your blood. Apart from all the spiritual benefits, it deals with issues in your blood. 
So you cannot fast and have blood-related diseases. Not possible. Somebody was healed of HIV AIDS through fasting. Diabetes through fasting. Ulcer through fasting. We have one member here who was healed of ulcer through fasting. I was an ulcer patient. High degree ulcer patient. And I fasted and broke it. Be on water. No matter the disease you have, be on water and keep praying. It's just in a matter of days it will go. If you are having a last problem, if you are the type that you just can't see a lady's bottles and survive, fast. You'll be free. Also, I'm serious about this thing. There are some of you, you just, it's like, you can't just, if a lady comes to pass, you, your eyes can't focus on the throne. It's like, you just can't. You know your solution, fasting. It will die. Oh, it will die. Last, it will die in fasting. You know why? When you are fasting, eh, you, you starve the flesh and starve the spirit. And guess what? Whatever you feed grows, whatever you starve dies. The more you are starving the flesh, you kill its power. If you have a last problem, give yourself to seven days water fast. You can take something like, like fruits. Listen, that desire will run away. I said it to do what? It will run away. I'm telling you. Of course, after deleting the, the videos. And cleansing the phone. <laughs> Praise God. It will die. Last problems will die when you give yourself to fast. You know why? Because even if you want to do it, there is no strength. So where is the strength going to come from? If you are talkative, give yourself to fast. Because when you want to talk, the strength is not there. You have killed all the energies that will produce it. And soon it will start dying. It will die. The flesh will be shouting, me woe. Me woe. Me woe. That's how come sometimes you feel headaches. You feel dizzy. And some of you, the moment you felt dizzy, now you went to eat. You are unfaithful. You have headaches. You have dizziness. You know why? Because the body is being shaken by the fast. All the toxins are reacting. They are all coming out. That's why you feel dizziness. You feel weak. Sometimes you even feel like you have malaria. It's not malaria. It's the diseases and the sickness you have. That should show up after 30 years. That is now coming out. See, one of the best anti-aging processes is fasting. I'm telling you. I told you of Dr. Tana who went on a 50 days water fast. When he came back, his white hair turned black. He died at age 92 without sickness. He died a natural normal death. He was a Christian. So some of the health challenges we are having today. I'm telling you. Listen, listen. A, a believer who is a gluten, okay, is the same as a believer who commits fornication. The same power. The power of gluttony. Have you ever done anything fruitful after getting full? No, you tell me. Can you pray after getting full? You will sleep. Nothing fruitful works on a full stomach. When you full, you fully full. When you are full, you full. That's the only thing. Haven't you realized that anytime you finish eating, you take one drink. If you're a married man, you full for sex. Who is that? One that can't hear you. 
Yeah, because fleshly things come to mind. I'm telling you because you, you are so full that you want to release the fullness somewhere. You can't do anything productive when you are full. I'm telling you the truth. Try eating and getting full and try wanting to get up at 3 a.m. to sleep, uh, to pray. You can't. You eat Banku 11 p.m. He say, Holy Spirit, I trust you to wake me up. Wake you up when? You trust him for what? When he wakes you up, you wake up. You know why? Because when you were asleep, your body was busy working. So you wake up tired. Listen, if you can learn to eat by four and sleep only on water, you'll be shocked. You don't need an alarm clock. I, have, I don't remember the last time I set an alarm clock. I wake up naturally. You know why? Because my stomach is always light. Always light. By four, I'm done eating. So when you wake up at dawn and you are okay, some of you, you wake up in the morning, it's like you are even sick. You, you food basa. Your Monday morning is basa. Food. Food. Stop. You are happy of the, the pot belly. You know in Ghana, when you are fat, that means you are prosperous. Meanwhile, you are dying. And Ghanaians will be encouraging you, oh, why are you fine? You know what they are saying? Oh, whoa. But you see, they tell you you are fine. And in Ghana, when you are sleeping now, ah, why you tan 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 You know, that's the Ghanaian nature. When you are fat and you are dying, they say you are fine. When you are slim and you are getting healthy, they say no. Oh, yeah, you know. See, I can't. You know, that's what people feel. See, your human body eh, needs only food that can sustain you. Don't eat too much. Some of you, you, are, you know, you took, you know, there are sometimes you take lunch. By evening, you still feel full, right? Some of you, because you know it is dinner, you eat it. You, you whack it because you don't want to waste food. Obi says, sir, best idea, yes, I'm I'm teaching you. Then you'll be eating, you'll be eating, putting more pressure on the body. You are eating and you are happy. You are happy eating. Meat, you chew. There are meat you have eaten seven years ago. It's still in your stomach. You don't know. You don't know. Doctors have proven seven months food, some of them is still here. The meat, the hard meat. The hard meat you have been chewing. The pork, the hard part. They are all there. It's not gone. When you eat new food, you think it will push it. It doesn't push it. It leaves some in the stomach line race. That's how can people get colon cancer. When you fast, your stomach produces acids. Those acids, because they don't have any food coming in to burn it, they now begin to burn the leftover food in the stomach lining because they want to work. So when you are drinking water, it is bringing it out. So it comes out through urine, it comes out through pooping, it comes out through sweating, it comes out... That's how come you smell a lot sometimes when you, when you fast. Tell somebody, add fasting to your prayer. And it will change your life forever. Hallelujah. Am I helping someone at all? So in these 40 days, we are going to give you a timetable. Follow the timetable. Listen, God blesses every instruction. Every prophetic instruction, God blesses it. As I speak to you, there's a great man of God in India who is following our 40 Because of me, he said he's fasting 40 days. He wants to take the timetable. He and his pastors. After he listening to the four, uh, listen to the four teachings, Charlie, you guys should fast because this year some of the testimonies here, it is bigger than us. I told you in the LGCC we don't cut our, co- our coats according to our size. We cut our coat according to God's size. 
So we trust him. You see, when you fast and you humble yourself, you are saying that God, you are my only trust. I depend only on you. And when people depend on God, he releases his grace. The testimonies that are about to come out from your life, people will not understand. I'm telling you. Yesterday I was sharing the testimony of a new bars that is coming. And one of my pastor's friends says that, ah, you're not even three years. You have a church bus. I said, Charlie, it's grace. But grace is not be shechi. I'm telling you, see, when you fast, eh, miracles happen. There's a man of God who started his first 21 days fast. After eight months after the fast, he received his first $1 million to start his building project. Some things are in fasting and prayer. I'm telling you, fast and pray. There's one man of God, he fasted for 15 days. On the 15th day, the Holy Ghost told him that I have, what did he say? He said, I have upgraded your ministry by 10 years. See, there are strange things that happen in a fast. Someone says, if God really loves me, he'll do what he wants to do. That is, see, that, that's what many Christians have not understood. That we are living in a world together with the devil. And though the devil is a defeated devil, he does not want to accept his defeat. You don't know. He, see, the devil knows he's defeated, but he won't accept it. Because his time is not yet up. So he will do everything to ignorant believers and believers who are willing to pay no price and make them know that, hey, who said you are in charge? Get out of the place. Or he'll be intimidating you. But God wants believers to rise up and take authority over the earth by the authority God has given to us. And if our master fasted to take dominion over this earth, we, we are no different. There are some corridors you cannot be able to walk in without fasting and prayer. If you have worked in a company for 10 years, they've not promoted you. Give yourself to fasting. Praise God. Am I teaching good here? Yes, sir. Will you fast? Yes, sir. Tell somebody fast. fast. Oh, thank you, Lord. Fast. Tell somebody fast. Say it again fast. fast. Again fast. fast. Again fast. 